message title th- uh, this morning is Anno Domini. And, um, and, and man, I remember I was looking in 2017, right toward the end, I preached a, a message, the same title, Anno Domini. And uh, I was looking on, on that. Now, this is 2017, Laura. So I haven't even, I wasn't even the pastor yet, officially. And my message was 15 minutes. And somebody say amen. Like, I'm like, man, I wish I could still preach for 15 minutes. That was, and y'all are probably like, yeah, Joe, that'd be awesome, you know. But it's like a 15-minute message. And I'm like, I, th- I think I taught everything I knew in that 15 minutes. And uh, the t- message title was Anno Domini. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. But this is Anno Domini 2021, amen. It's not the 15-minute version. I want to go, if you have a Bible, we're not going to have any scripture verses on the screens. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I want you just to, just if you, you can go to the book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 14 and 15. And then I'm going to have some other verses of scripture. So if you want to just listen, that's fine. If you want to actually turn there in a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we have one in the seat back in front of you. And uh, also, if you don't own a Bible, you can take that Bible home with you as a gift. Uh, and that's not just a gift of a Bible, that's the gift of life. Amen? Amen. I want to read Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. It says this, How then shall they call on him, this being Jesus, in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. I just want to take a moment and go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Would you bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you give me the anointing of God upon my life in this moment, Lord. Lord, I pray that that you open our ears, you open our eyes to see you, to see your word, Lord, to see truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We we all know that this year, it's a new year. Come on. I mean, we did the, I mean, even even fireworks in 2020 didn't even work out. It rained on New Year's, you know. Perfect ending to 2020. Amen. But I mean, it's a great time. This new year is a great time for us to reflect on the past. It's also a great time for us to, to look forward into the future, to make plans, to make to make proclamations. Many of us are make resolutions in this day. This, it's like a new year. Actually, nothing's really changed. I mean, it's just one day to the next day. But for us, it's a great time to evaluate where we are in life. Am I the only person that does that? It's a great time to do that. And what Anno Domini means, if you don't know, Anno Domini is actually, it means in the Latin, it means in the year of our Lord. So whenever you see that, that term, it's 2021 A.D., that A.D. stands for, it doesn't mean after death, right? It means Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord. And actually, B.C. means before Christ. And, and that's something important because I believe that every time that we say, what year is it? Man, it's 2021 A.D. How many of you know we're declaring something? That this is the year of our Lord, 2021. That this is his year. This is his year he established. Because how many of you realize that the calendar reset 2,021 years ago? The calendar reset with the birth of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus came into this world, 
everything changed. We went from a a dispensation of the law to a dispensation of grace. And that is so profound that we had to reset our calendars. We're like, okay, this is year one, because there is no year zero. And this is what we're declaring. Lord, this is your year, 2021. And I believe that this year is a year of proclamation of glad tidings. I believe that this year is the year of proclamation. And, and if you look at 2020, in the, in the Hebrew, we know that the, the 2020 was the year of the mouth. Did y'all know that? So if, if 2020 is the year of the mouth, I believe that 2021 is the year of proclamation. It's the year of declaration. It's the year of preaching. It's the year of activation. It's the year of new things starting that didn't exist before. This is the year of proclamation. So what I'm asking, and this is what I'm doing personally, given, given that, that knowledge, many of us are saying, well, this year, how many of y'all say that? This year, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. If you don't say that, say it, please. This is the year I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to spend 30 minutes, 20 minutes, four hours, six hours in prayer. Man, that, that kind of brings me just a, a memory. I'll just kind of rabbit trail for a second here. A couple of years back, me and some friends from the church, we went to a, a, a prophetic conference in Dallas, and we were watching a, a man of God, an evangelist, preach. And, and I, was, I am like the, the skeptic, right? I mean, if, you, if y'all have ever spent any amount of time with me, I'm, I'm the, I am the eternal skeptic, right? Like you have all these great preachers, and everybody thinks, hey, I'm skeptical of pastors and preachers. Well, I'm more skeptical of pastors and preachers, right? Because I is one. So, so, I mean, I, w- I went to this conference, and I'm like, is this guy really an evangelist? You know, does he really hear from the Lord? And I remember sitting there, and I was kind of off on this side of the, of the sanctuary where we were at. It's probably, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500 people there. And, uh, and he begins, he, this guy begins to preach, and he is exegizing the word. Like, I'm like, man, what in the world? This is amazing. My mind is being blown I mean, my spirit is rising up. I want to jump out of my seat. Y'all ever been in a service like that? Well, I mean, it's just like this guy, something about him, you know. He is a, truly has the calling of an evangelist. There wasn't a single person in that entire room that, that wasn't watching every drip of sweat that was coming down his face, you know. I don't, I've never had the opportunity to see Billy Graham, but I'm sure it was, it was a similar experience. I mean, Billy Graham would have... 165,000 people. He would set records in stadiums for people to come hear him preach. Why? Because he carried an anointing of an evangelist. This guy had that same anointing. And I remember I was sitting there. I was over, over here by you, Vicky, like kind of where you're at. And, and he was over here preaching, right? And I mean, he's talking about Jesus and Jesus using our boat, doing all these other things. And I remember just having a thought. And that thought was like, man, how in the world? Does, does, how does he have so much power in ministry? How does, he, how does he get this stuff out of the Word? How does he do that, you know? And it was like he was preaching. And I, I asked that question in my spirit. And he stopped. And he walked over like this. He said, I pray six hours a day. And he walked back over here. And he started preaching again. And I was like, uh, okay. All right. Okay. He's the real deal. My mind was blown. 
I'm not a skeptic. I am a skeptic, but I'm not skeptical of him. This dude prays six hours a day, man, and it's like the Holy Spirit spoke to him, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I remember saying, man, okay, God, I'm going to start praying six hours a day. And I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I pray all day, actually, all day, continuously, as Paul said. I do other things, but I pray while I'm doing it, right? But many of us, man, we set these resolutions. We're going we're gonna to pray more. We're going to make more money. We're going to show up to work every day on time or even early. I'm going to be nicer to my wife. I'm going to be nicer to my kids. I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to do a bunch of stuff. How many of y'all have ever experienced those feelings of wanting to do something? Every one of us. This is New Year's. This is the time to do it. But how many of y'all have come June, you're like, well, eh, that really wasn't that important anyway. After you're supposed to read through the Bible entirely and you're like, you're just getting into Exodus in June. Not a good sign that you're going to finish. I want to give you just a little nugget on this here this morning. And, And this is something that God's been showing me and something that that I'm going to start doing in my own life is that this. I'm not going to arrange my life. I'm not going to arrange, sorry, I'm not going to arrange my priorities around my lifestyle. I'm going to begin to arrange my lifestyle around my priorities. I'm not going to allow things to come up that keep me from doing the things that I really want to do. If I want to spend time in prayer but someone invites me to suffer, I'm sorry. I have an appointment with the Lord. Man, that one of the greatest preachers and ministers of all time, he was a man from South Korea, and his name was David Youngie Cho. Many of y'all have probably heard of, of David Youngie Cho. And, uh, and, and he had a church of 250,000 members. It was at one time the biggest church in the world. And you're like, well, probably seeker-sensitive. No, man. He was seeker-sensitive. He was seeker-sensitive to the Holy Ghost. This guy was a spirit-filled powerhouse preacher. David Youngie Cho. I mean, he was amazing and wonderful. Did all kinds of things. Wrote a great book called The Fourth Dimension. I highly recommend you read it if you haven't. But David Youngie Cho, because he had such influence and affluence in, in South Korea, one day he was in his office, and his, his, actually his receptionist tells this story. She said, uh, Pastor, Pastor Cho, you have a phone call. And she's knocking on the door, and he says, No, I'm sorry. I'm in an important appointment. She said, Pastor Cho, it's a very important phone call. You have to answer it. He says, I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing something that's more important. And she said, Pastor Cho, what can be more important than the president of South Korea calling to talk to you? He says, I have an appointment with the creator of the heavens and the earth. The president will have to wait. He was in prayer time. He, he, he arranged his life around his priorities instead of allowing his priorities to be arranged around his life. And many of us, we set these goals, we set these things that we want to do, we want to change. I mean, how many of you want to lose weight this year or get in shape? Everybody, that's everybody. It's a universal goal, right? But how many of you realize that this is, I'll tell you the secret to losing weight and getting in shape. It's a secret. Nobody else knows. There's, there's two steps, right? You eat better, and you exercise. If you do those two things, it's going to work out. But everybody has those goals, and we're all going to be June. The pants I wore in high school still don't fit, right? We have spiritual goals. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. Or 
Or maybe there's, spirit, there, there's some soul goals. How many of you know we're, we're a three-part person, right? We are, my, we, are, we are a body, or let me say it this way. We are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Maybe I could say it that way. We are spirit created. It says, Jesus even says, God says that before we were created in the womb, God knew us. Spirit. And we have a soul, which means it's our mind, will, and emotions, right? I mean, we have that. We have mind, will, and emotions. All of our emotions, that's part of our soul. All of our mind, part of our soul, right? Our will, the, the things we want to do is our soul. And then we have a body, obviously. Every one of us does. If you don't have a body and you're here, uh, you know, we, yeah. But sometimes we set soul goals, right? We want to we exercise our mind, maybe go get an education. I want to finish that master's degree or that doctorate. I want to finish these, these music lessons. I want to spend more family time. I want to spend more work. I want to get a promotion at work or whatever that may be. So we'll, we'll set these goals like this. But I believe that all of these goals begin in one place, every one of them, and they begin in a proclamation. They begin in a declaration. And I believe that there is power in proclamation. Even, even Paul is telling the Romans, he says, how are they going to believe, or how are they going to call on him unless they believe, and how are they going to believe unless they've heard, how are they going to hear unless there is a preacher, that all faith begins in proclamation. Everything that we do begins in proclamation. You have to make a proclamation to, change, to begin that process of change. In Proverbs 18.21, it says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you want to change what 2021 looks like, if you want to change what you're doing in 2021, you can try to change all your actions, but that's never going to happen unless you change what's coming out of your mouth. That this is the year of proclamation. This is the year of declaration. This is the year that the world hears that there is a Savior and His name is Jesus. And we can call on Him because He died for us. This is the year of proclamation. And I want to start that year off this, this year. We're going to make proclamations all week this week. We're going to fast and we're going to pray, but we're going to begin to make proclamations. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. I, I believe that our tongue is... I remember when I was learning how to drive, and specifically drive a motorcycle. Man, I, have, I don't have a motorcycle anymore, but I love riding motorcycles. And one of the most important things that they teach you in motorcycle driving is that it, wherever you want to go, you have to look there. Because wherever you're looking is where that motorcycle is going to go. If you're making a turn, don't look it right in front of you. Look where you're going, and that's where the motorcycle is going to go. And it's the same way whenever we're proclaiming, when we're declaring, there's power. The power of life and death is in the tongue. When we begin to say things... Man, if you have a lost loved one, begin to declare them saved in Jesus' name. When, when you begin, I mean, listen, my wife, I, I love my wife more than anything, anybody on this, on this earth outside of Jesus. And, and, and whenever we get sick, I'll say, I'm sick. And she said, you better not own that. 
You better begin to speak life over yourself. And she'll begin to speak life over me as well. We, we can't begin to say, oh, well, I'm sick. I have a fever. This is my disease. These are, no, this ain't your disease. That's the enemy's disease. We need to begin to proclaim out of our mouth. There's power of life or death is where? In the tongue. This is the year of proclamation. We're going to begin to declare things differently. But how many of you know, if you have a broken relationship, begin to pray for that person. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit and begin to ask God to, to bless them, to touch them, to move them, and see what God will do. We need to begin to proclaim things differently, see things differently, do things differently. And many of you may say, well, it's just a proclamation. It ain't that big of the deal, right? It don't really matter what you say. It's what you do that's more important. That's partially true. But I believe that proclamations have the ability to change things. Proclamations have the ability to change nations. I'm going to touch on something, and then I'll just leave it alone, and you can do with it what you want. But I remember there there was an evangelist. He was a televangelist. And he got up, and he began to declare COVID dead, and the church began to mock This man began to declare things in the spirit and the church began to mock. I I believe that we need to repent. Well, some of the things that happen when we pray, we say, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, when we begin to declare things on earth, how many of you know it begins to move things in heaven and God begins to do things on earth? A proclamation is powerful. Maybe you say... It's not, I don't know. Let me give you an example of one. In 1863, there was a man who was the president of our United States. And it was three years of bloody battle, civil war, chaos, corruption like never seen before and never experienced since. You think we have a corrupted uh, voting system now? Go back to 1860s and 1870s. And this man who, who said, enough is enough. And he stood up one day and he gave a proclamation before a country that changed the course of history. Many of you know this as the Emancipation Proclamation. And it says this, that on, that on the day, first day of January, in the year of our Lord, 1,863, all persons held as slaves within any state are designated part of a state. The people thereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall, de- then, shall be then henceforth and forever free. And the executive government of the United States, including the military and the naval authority thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons and will do no act or acts to repress such persons or any of them in any efforts they may make for their actual freedom. Many of you know that this is Abraham Lincoln. This man stood up and made a a prophetic, if you will, declaration, a proclamation before a nation saying that all of the slaves are free this day. Now, how many of you know that he made that proclamation and quite literally nothing changed, but something began to change in the hearts and minds of a people. Something began to rise up in people in the, the great congregation of the United States When this man declared these slaves free and hearts begin to change, minds begin to change. 
Although nothing happened in that moment, I believe that something happened in the heavenlies. This man who is a man of authority. I don't know if we realize how much authority we have in Jesus Christ. Jesus, listen, Jesus had, he said, listen, I'm a man. There there was a story of Jesus. He was was going to to try to uh, heal a, a certain person's child. And this man was a centurion. He was a soldier. He was a, he was a man who was a, of authority, right? And, and Jesus comes to him, and, and Jesus is trying to go to his house. And this man looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. He says, simply say the words. He says, I'm a man who's under authority. I understand authority. I, I, I tell people go, and they go. You see, I, I think that we sometimes fail to understand the authority that we walk in. The authority that you carry isn't because you pray a bunch. The authority that you carry isn't because you can quote scripture. The authority that you carry isn't because you're a certain member of a church. The authority that you carry isn't because you have a badge. The authority that you carry is because you are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. You carry the authority of heaven. You carry the authority of God on your life. And when you begin to speak things out in the spirit, God begins to move in the natural. When you begin to speak things out in the natural, God begins to move in the supernatural. Because why? Because we are under authority. We are under the blood. Man, we don't even realize the authority that we have. Abraham Lincoln having the authority of the office of president begin to declare and set captives free. How many of you know that Jesus Christ came into this earth for one purpose? And he made a prophetic declaration. In the book of Luke, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus did all these things and he made all these proclamations before he did anything. There's power in proclamation. There is power in the tongue. There's the power of life and death. What you say carries weight, believer. Believer, what you say carries weight. When you speak curses, heaven hears it. When you speak life, heaven hears it. Are we speaking life in our relationships? Are we speaking life over our loved ones? Are we speaking life over our country? I believe that we need to begin to proclaim some things. I want to just, maybe some of the practical side of this message is that proclamation doesn't just end there. Proclamation requires action. Well, we can't just proclaim things and expect God to do things. Well, we need to reprioritize. We need to say, we're going to do things differently. I'm going to proclaim things. If if I said, hey, this is going to be a week of prayer, and I just went home and expected all y'all to show up and nothing happened, you know what's going to happen? Nothing. We have to rearrange things. We have to do things different. Proclamation is followed by action. Proclamation is the declaration, and then we have to follow that by action. If you want to get closer to God this year, if you want to get promoted at work this year, begin to declare those things in the Spirit 
and begin to do those things in the natural. If you want to get a, a, have a closer walk with Jesus, it's a real simple process. For one, surrender your life to him totally. Surrender your will to him totally. So surrender everything that you are. Surrender your life to him. Man, it's worth it. Say, Lord, you have my life. You have my time. You have my heart. You have my affection. You have my wants. You have my desires. Lord, you can even have my needs. I leave it all on the table for you. And then you begin to read your word every day. You say, I, I mean, I went so far to say I want to become closer to Jesus that I got rid of my smartphone because it was sucking the, my life away from me. It was sucking my time away from me. I said, Lord, I just I, I want to get closer to you. I don't want any distractions from you. I, I'm going to set aside food for a week just so that way I can hear from you more closely. That way you're the only desire that I have. I'm going to commit to reading my Bible, if, even if that means turning the television off, if that means turning the Xbox or the PlayStation 4 or 5, whatever one you got, off. I'm going to, I'm going to proclaim, Lord, I want to know you more. Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, you are the air that I breathe, and I'm going to start acting like it. And you're going to begin to walk a more spiritual life. It, it, the same way, I can... I can read every exercise. I've read an exercise book. I didn't lose a single pound. I watched some exercise video on YouTube. They did not work. I watched them. Nothing happened. It's a similar way when we begin to declare, I want to I get in shape. Well, then you have to start following that up with some actions. Your proclamation set the course for your life. Your proclamations set your priorities. And then you need to arrange your lifestyle around your priorities and not arrange your priorities around your lifestyle. I want a closer walk with you, Jesus. Oh, but the game is on. I want a closer walk with you, Jesus, but I can't go to church on Sunday because the Saints game starts at 12. It's deer season. Sorry, Jesus. I could pick on me too. I mean, we have to follow that up by action. And then after that, it's simply this we need to begin to report. How many of you, you set a, a New Year's resolution? You set a, a change in direction. How many of you, 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 if you, if you set your course, you're going to take a trip, you're going to, to some place, right? And then, and then you begin to you, you look at the map one time. And you get on the road and you begin to drive. And you're driving for five or six hours and never look at the map again. And then you find yourself off course. You say, I don't remember there being a Highway 10 on this stretch. I don't. You have to begin to look at where you are and report. So it's proclamation, action, reporting and reflecting. And take an honest assessment. When you make it to June and you've only read to Exodus... You may need to say, I'm not going to give up on, on what God has called me to do. I'm going to redirect some more time. I, I mean, I remember years and years living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck with my finances. And how many of y'all have ever heard that expression, you got more weak at the end of your paycheck? I, I would get to, I mean, I would get paid on Friday and I was out of money by Wednesday. And then I would do that again over and over 
and over again. I would think that the solution would be, I just need to make more money. The solution is obviously never, I need to spend less. But we need to be able to take an honest assessment of where we are when we're trying to reach these goals. When we proclaim something, if we're going to pray for the sick, Lord Jesus, heal them in Jesus' name. Nothing happens. I've been there more times than I want. Does that just mean, oh, well, it's not the will of God. You must be in sin. Sometimes we use that excuse, terrible excuse. Or do we say, I'm just going to keep praying until God begins to do something. If we begin to say, hey, I want to set some some physical exercise goals in my life. I, I want to lose 20 pounds, 30 pounds. I want to be able to run a marathon. And, and in, in three months, we haven't lost a single pound. We say, oh, well, I guess it wasn't God's will for my life. Or do we say, wait, maybe I need to actually not drink a case of Cokes every day. We need to have that ability to reflect, to report, and to redirect. We need to, when we begin to proclaim things, it reorients our thoughts. The same way when Abraham Lincoln gave that emancipation proclamation, people begin to say, man, sla- slavery is evil. And then they begin to follow that up with actions. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision and make it plain and put it up on tablets upon the wall that people may see it and run to it. When we begin to declare things and proclaim things, I don't get up here and talk just so that way I can hear myself talk. I, I don't even like listening to myself talk. I do that because I feel that God has called me to this ministry of pastor for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And when I say, hey, we're going to begin to disciple people, we're going to begin to educate people, we're going to begin to evangelize, we're going to begin to have pastoral care in our church, we're going to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're going to begin to change the spiritual atmosphere of Youngsville, we're going to change the spiritual atmosphere of Lafayette. Listen, I'm not saying those things just so that way I can watch myself preach. I'm saying those things because I'm declaring them before God and before man that this is the direction of our church. And we need to line up our actions behind those proclamations. We need to reorient our thoughts, reorient our actions. So this week, that's what we're going to do. We're going to begin to make some proclamations. We're going to set some actions. We're going to look at our results honestly. We're going to make changes. This week we're going to have a week of prayer. And let me tell you, it's not just prayer. We're going to declare some things. How many of you, we have this flag up here. I'm going to talk about this a little bit tonight. But this was a declaration made by a man named George Washington. Anybody ever heard of him? He was a man that was in the fits of battle trying to find freedom from his oppressors. And he realized that he was trying to rally the troops. So he had this flag commissioned, a petition to heaven. Friends, that the battle that we fight is not with flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle fought with spiritual weapons. We need to make our petitions not to men. Write your congressmen, write your senators. But but, but petition heaven. Appeal to heaven. We're going to begin to proclaim some things this week, during this week of prayer. Each night has a specific uh, target, very specific.
Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a, as a witness of the nations, and then the end will come. That word preached there is, it can be translated proclaimed, published, declared. You see, we're not called. Let me just clear this up. You know, there's, there's prophetic words. But we're not called to call things into existence that don't exist. How many of you know that we're called to come into agreement with what already God has established at the cross? I want to just, I'm going to close with this thought. Our proclamations must be followed by actions. They had a, a, an opportunity last night. I, had, I was at some friend's house, and we were eating some, I mean, some good Cajun rice and gravy. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about there? You gotta, that's what you got to eat before you go on a seven-day fast. It'll get you through. And, and we were there, and our kids were at youth. They were here at the church, and Abby called, and she said, you know, she, she said, hey, Dad, we're, I'm heading home. We're going to stop and get something to eat before. I said, that's fine. And, and about ten minutes later, I get another call. And, and this time I can hear there's a little bit of difference in her voice. I'm like, hey, hey, baby, what's wrong? She said, Dad, I got a flat tire. And, and I can hear her start to cry. I'm like, it's okay. I mean, you know, it's not your fault. It's, it's okay. Where are you at? I'm, I'm at Sonic. Okay, all right, look, I'll be there in just a minute. So, so I hung up the phone and I told our guest, hey, I'm sorry, we're going to have to leave. And we drove over there and we fixed the tire and, you know, Everything was good, right? And Shannon reminded me of this. This Abby called me because she was in trouble. You know, and how many times do we, we get in trouble spiritually? We get in trouble in our own lives, in our relationships. And, and man, we, we don't even want to call our father. Because we feel like maybe we're in trouble. You see, Abby thought when she called me, she's like, she thought she was going to be in trouble because she had a flat tire. But she also called me for help. And I dropped everything I had to go and help her. I didn't call AAA. I didn't call a friend. I didn't say, Abby, I'm so sorry. I'm going to pray for you. I didn't give her advice and tell her how to, how to fix the tire. I said, no, I'll be there in just a moment. Why? Because I love Abby. This is the power of the gospel. Many of you know this verse of scripture, John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that none should perish, but all should have eternal life. The gospel isn't that God so loved the world and it ends there. Man, I love my daughter but when she was in a place of trouble, when she was in a place of desperation, I didn't just say, Abby, I love you. I need you to know that I love you. I love you with all my heart. I love you with all of my soul. I love you, Abby. You see, because love without action can just be categorized maybe as lust. The gospel isn't just uh, some emotion that God has of love. God just, the gospel isn't God so loved the world. The gospel is that God so loved the world that he sent. 
I, I would even say it this way. God so loved the world that he went. It says that he sent his son, his only begotten of the father, the only one, an heir, a promise. Literally, if you think of it this way, God put everything in heaven on hold so that way he can come and take care of our problems. He didn't just love the world. He sent. In the book of John, it says that that Jesus was in the beginning. The Word was in the beginning. The Word was God. The Word was with God. This Word in John 14 became flesh and dwelt among men. This Word from heaven was sent for our salvation. This is Jesus. God just didn't proclaim our salvation. He sent His Son for our salvation. He died for our salvation. Abraham Lincoln didn't just proclaim the slaves to be made free, but he sent soldiers to the battleground. He made action on our, on our behalf. God died on a cross for us. This week, I want us to begin to make some proclamations and declarations Sunday, we're going to, tonight, we're going to be, begin to pray for the lost to be found. If you, if you have a card, you can, you can see these are the things we're going to pray for each night. Pray believing family and friends will come to faith in Jesus Christ. If you have a, a lost family member, we're going to pray for that lost family member tonight. It's not just going to be, Lord, save them, touch their heart. We're going to begin to declare them saved in Jesus' name. I have some slips of paper made. We're going to take those papers. We're going to write their name on that paper. We're going to lay that paper down at the foot of the cross. And we're just going to begin to proclaim and declare liberty to the captives. Liberty to those who are oppressed tonight. We're going to begin to declare and proclaim some things in the Spirit. And watch what God will do on this earth. On Monday, we're going to, we're going to begin to proclaim and declare we're going to go from hate to hope. We're going to begin to declare that things that drive away prejudice in our own hearts and cause us to be agents of change in this nation. That hatred must go. I can, I can throw a white and black thing in there, but I can throw a Republican-Democrat thing in there. I, I want to make a, a statement here. Not all Democrats are demonic. Not all Republicans are just arrogant, prideful people. We're all creations of, of God, loved by God. With some bad, some of us, some of them have some bad ideas. But yelling and spitting in their face ain't going to change that. It didn't work for me. It won't work for anyone else. We're going to change from hate to hope, from sickness to health. If you have a sickness or disease. I want you, we're just going to put that on paper. We're going to lay it down. We're going to begin to proclaim healing in Jesus' name. From brokenness to restoration. Many people come here broken, but man, I pray that God calls it. We have brokenness in our life. Broken relationships, broken thought patterns, broken lifestyles, broken paychecks. From apathy to action. Come on, where we just don't sit around saying, oh, I feel so bad for them people. Lord, do something. 
I, there's this song I love. This guy, he writes a song. He says, Lord, why don't you do something about this situation? He said, I did. I created you. That God would look, that we would be able to say, Lord, send me. That I just don't feel a certain way, but Lord, I begin to do things in this city. From empty to filled, man, I, I, I want us to begin to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit like never before experienced. Well, I want to pray for revival in Lafayette. I want to pray for revival in Youngsville, revival in New Iberia, revival in all of Acadiana, that God would begin to move and people would begin to receive, that we would be set again, once again, on fire for the Holy Spirit in this nation. I'm going to lay it all out on the line for Jesus. Because I don't think that it works any other way. I've tried it other ways. It doesn't work any other way. From doubt to faith. Next Saturday, bring your hardest questions and just lay them at the foot of the cross. Bring your, hard, your, your most difficult hurts and lay them at the foot of the cross. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to change things in our lives.